Shalom everybody for this very special webinar brought to you live from the International Christian Embassy here from Jerusalem. And today again, I think this is the third webinar that we are having on this uh, incredible crisis that unfolded over this past few weeks where we saw refugees in uh, numbers up, some people say up to 4 million people leaving the Ukraine because of the attack of Russia and moving on to Western countries and many of them Jewish people, many of them, they will find uh, their safe haven and a new home in the land of Israel. They decided in the midst of this crisis to return back to the land of Israel. Now the Christian Embassy is active on so many different areas on this uh, on this um, um, refugee refugee crisis, helping in particular the Jewish communities that are in particular need. And today you will receive in the second half of this webinar an amazing and very exciting overlook what we are doing on the ground in Ukraine, in Poland and other countries around uh, um, the Ukraine. And then also most importantly, what we are doing here in Israel, all the different projects we have with us today, Nicole Yodel, she's joining us. This time not from Jerusalem, but she's coming. I believe you are in Ashdod right now in the community center. And it's good to have you with us today. And most important, in a, in a way, this is a really a special treat today, what you are receiving today. Uh, I believe there are not many organizations which can um, report in a way like we are reporting today because we have a, a, an excellent and an amazing partner with whom we are working. Uh, Shimon Shabak, he's the chairman of an organization in Israel called, called Yad Eser Lechaver. And uh, he is a, a well-known figure in Israel. Many people know him because of the amazing social work that he's doing. He is our main partner also for the home of Holocaust survivors in the city of Haifa. But uh, when this crisis uh, started to happen, uh, Shimon, I believe, was one of the first people to jump on an airplane and said, I need to go to the Ukraine, I need to go to Kiev and to the areas where we do see conflict. And I need to see what I can do in order to bring Jewish people back to Israel. And um, we have been partnering with him over this last three weeks. I had the privilege to meet him just, uh, he arrived at the airport, I was at the Haifa home to meet with the volunteers and he just came straight from the airport to Haifa and he gave me a report about the situation in the Ukraine and about what he is doing. I felt it's important that everybody has an insight what is taking place, what Shimon is doing and how you can partner with the Christian Embassy in order to help many, many more people that are affected by this war in Ukraine. So Shimon, uh, it's a great, tremendous pleasure and a, an honor to have you with us today. Nicole, can you translate for Shimon? Hello, everybody. We will, I will ask a few questions now. What I would like to ask everybody, um, because he, Shimon is going to speak in Hebrew, please, everybody, if you want to listen in English, please go in the language on the interpretation channel, go to the language English. There is a, if you are on a, uh, on a desktop, there is down an interpretation um, uh, icon. Please choose the language English because then you will hear the English translation. 
And if you are on an iPhone or another smart device, there's a, a little menu somewhere on options. And there also you can choose the translation language. And please choose everybody who wants to understand what Shimon is saying. Please choose the language of, um, of, of English. So Shimon, it's, uh, it's amazing to, to see you here because a few days ago you have been just in, in Ukraine and Kiev. Uh, my first question to you is, you know, when people hear about war, they decide to get as far away from the war situation. Uh, we have, that's why we have more than 4 million uh, refugees. You decided to go straight into this war situation. Why did you go to Ukraine? Shimon, ואתה עשית בדיוק את ההפך. אז השאלה הראשונה שרוצים לשמוע ממך, מה גרם לך להחליט דווקא ללכת לאוקראינה עכשיו שיש מלחמה? קודם כל, שלום לכולם. לקחנו בניין והקמנו שם מקום opened up uh, some kind of a hostel um, for... No, no, it's working. But it's working, Nicole. If you go to the English channel, you hear you're only translating. So we opened up uh, this, uh, this hostel about 10 days before the war. It was together with the Jewish agency. I came back to the country. And the day before the actual outbreak of the war, uh, I traveled over to Ukraine. And I remember that I asked the volunteers um, of Fiadezer uh, Lechaver that uh, we actually were the, one of the only ones that actually went into Ukraine ahead of this war. It was very dangerous in that time. But I had a, a, a kind of a feeling of a calling that uh, and a certainty that the Lord would uh, uh, protect me. And it's just incomprehensible for me that um, 80 years after uh, World War II, after the Holocaust, that Jews uh, are targeted again. And so that's why I went over to rescue them. Some of the first days were just uh, horrible in terms of humanitarian aid. It was it was a, 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 a terrifying scene to see hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, um, refugees running away. And I just started um, buying rations um, and uh, just handing them out to people. 
And I felt that the Lord wanted me to be there. I traveled to Ukraine. I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I didn't think it was going to be that hard. And some of these cities that we visited um, have been completely leveled. You don't see this on television. But these, these, some of these cities were completely leveled. And we got some uh, monopole. And there's no water, no electricity, no heating. And it was minus four degrees of weather. And we saw crowds of people who were just who were just shivering because it was so cold out but when we were able to extract them it was just a, a an incredible feeling i work with the christian embassy for 13 years now And you guys do an, an incredible job. And be not mistaken, here in this situation, we rescued these people from certain death. And there were a lot of uh, heartfelt moments that people actually, um, that we heard from the people who Uh, believe that God was in this situation and that God sent us. One day, we, uh, I asked two Ukrainians to uh, help get out um, people from the city of Khafson. Around an Around three hours after this happened, uh, there were Russian soldiers standing on the very bridge uh, of the little town that we asked to uh, extract. And you just see the, um, the hope, the hope that we, we gave these people. So, there was one lady who there was one lady who uh, who we extracted a Holocaust survivor she showed us the her number from Auschwitz and she ended up uh, in the city of um, of Krakow And as we extracted her, um, she was just so thankful. And she's actually now back in Israel and they're shooting a documentary uh, for Channel 2. When we say that we uh, are extracting Holocaust survivors, These, these are people that leave 
and live deep in Ukraine. And it's hard, it's difficult to extract them. It's not easy. It's, uh, we had to uh, have military escorts at times. And, up, and that whole extraction period, um, we, there is no peace until we uh, take these people um, out, these refugees out of Ukraine, basically into Poland, because it's so dangerous out we actually uh, erected a, a little a, a base a, a, a makeshift hospital and it was actually shelled um, a couple times uh, near uh, near Lviv these people houses are being destroyed there's around 15 million people who have been displaced refugees i always heard before that being a refugee it's difficult and it's and it's hard and it's not easy but hearing it is different than experiencing it and when you see these people who don't have clothes who don't have money who don't have anything in their possession but cl the clothes on their back they need to basically learn to survive these people don't know what will happen with them tomorrow. It's incredibly difficult. But I want to talk now about uh, the thing that I find most important. Some of these people have uh, gone through and experienced the Shoah, the Holocaust. And for me, I don't want these people to experience anything remotely like the Shoah. And every one of these people who has lost a home, lost people, is, is almost a holocaust within itself. Some of these people have nowhere to go. Some people um, just stay and fight. Some, some of these uh, cases where we extracted these people um, we, uh, we actually had to um, take them on a stretcher and extract them in that manner uh, because they were elderly, uh, they couldn't walk. 
we had to, uh, it, it was very difficult. And we were actually under fire trying to, trying to rescue these people. I saw God actually protecting us in this time. Some rockets that were fired at us were around, fell around 200 meters away from us, and we could hear the booms, hear the explosions. But despite all, all the scares, all the fear, all the chaos, uh, there was, uh, we didn't flinch, we kept on on our mission. We rescued a lot of people. I remember that one day I was in one of the cars going off to extract people, and there were Christians actually in the car with us. And we told, we talked to these people and uh, these refugees, and and we just welcomed everybody, whether they be Jewish or or Christian. We actually brought so many people over um, over the border that uh, some of the guards actually uh, told us, man, you're, you're bringing so many people, you know, you got to uh, take it easy. I felt in my life that I helped a lot of people in many ways, but I never in my life felt that I actually helped people um, and say to save their lives. And I sent uh, Jurgen and Nicole videos of. Uh, people that we extracted whose houses were basically bombed to the ground, completely leveled. There was a, a field hospital that we took a, a 91-year-old Holocaust survivor to. And we, uh, we uh, they of course, helped her. Um, she was in a dire situation, but uh, we managed to save her life. When you see the pain, when you see the, the suffering that these people are going through, that these refugees are going through, that these kids are going through, that the elderly are going through, 
and the people who are begging for food and, and the people who are dying. I would never think that Europe would turn back into a country where you could see buildings destroyed, uh, blood, uh, blood in the streets. It's a very tough situation. Shimon, <clears throat> Shimon, you know, when I spoke with you um, a few days ago, I was very touched that uh, what you are doing in Ukraine, you know, many people, there are not many people who are doing that. A lot of the organizations, they are in uh, Poland and some neighboring countries, they are waiting there for the refugees, are prepared with food and shelter, etc. But very few really dare to go into Ukraine. And what you are doing in a way, this made even headlines in Ukraine. They speak about this Israeli guy who comes to us and saves Jewish people out of the Ukraine. So there's also media reporting about you, isn't it? Shimon, I שנכנסים. יש המון ארגונים שיושבים במדינות הסביבות אוקראינה שהם מוכנים לעזור ועוזרים שיוצאים, אבל מעט מאוד נכנסים ועושים את העבודה שאתה עכשיו מספר לנו אליו. ויש גם אלה שעוקבים אחרי זה ומדברים על זה בעולם וגם באוקראינה, נכון? יש גם במדיה אנשים שרוצים לספר את הסיפור הזה. כן, אני רוצה להגיד לכם שאנחנו באוקראינה... Uh, we got no, uh, noted in Reuters and in, in the BBC uh, for our uh, extractions um, from the dangerous places that we extracted these people. And it all comes from our faith that the Lord will keep us, that God will keep us safe. So in the Bible it is, it is written that, uh, that someone who really does a mitzvah, a good deed, that God will protect him and keep him safe. If the embassy wasn't around to help and support, um, we could have done nothing of this. We actually, uh, we actually bought an ambulance uh, with, uh, with the money that the embassy provided, that the donations provided. And we labeled them with, uh, with ICJ stickers. We labeled the volunteers with the ICJ stickers because it's important that the, that the world knows that the ICJ and Christians are helping the Jews. 
אני רוצה להגיד משהו אישי, יש לי שלושה ילדים. ואמרו לי, אבא, אתה מגזים. On a personal note, I have three kids. אל תגיד לי, ראית אפילו עיתונאי אחי. ומתים אזרחים, מי ששולח את הפצצות, לא שומע, לא זה. אמרתי, תקשיב. ודיברתי עם הבן שלי. Someone asked me, why are you endangering yourself with a family when you have a family to take care of? And I told him that um, I needed to, uh, I felt like doing something um, for these people. for these Holocaust survivors, for these endangered Jews and these endangered refugees. We cannot be complacent. We need to do the best we can to help these people. Because in the Bible it says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that is a duty that we need to commit to. We as people, we need to, we need to act upon uh, these words. Sometimes we, sometimes all I had to eat was uh, biscuits. There was nothing else to eat. It was incredibly difficult many times. But I had faith in the Lord 100%. And even if something would happen to me, I, I do not regret what we mm. did here. Shimon, you helped a lot of people coming out and the media speaks now about up to 4 million, maybe even more refugees. Um, tell me, are there still people waiting? I know you're heading back very soon to the Ukraine. How many Jewish people do want to get out? How many Holocaust survivors do are waiting for you to come in there? Can you give us a little bit an overview on the situation, how it looks today? שמעון, אתה הצלחת לעזור להמון אנשים, ומדברים על זה במדיה, ודיברנו היום על ארבעת מיליון פליטים. אולי תוכל להגיד לנו, אתה עוד מעט חוזר לאוקראינה, מה אתה מצפה שמחכה לך שם? מה אתה חושב שתצליח לעשות עוד, עוד כמה אנשים? אתה חושב שתצליח לעזור בימים אלו? At the moment, despite me not being actually in Ukraine, we have a, a team in Ukraine, in Lviv. They're still helping refugees. We're working uh, with the uh, ICJ uh, towards rescuing, hopefully, God willing, a hundred 
um, Holocaust survivors. Usually we can only extract them two or three at a time because it is such a long ride and these people are elderly and, uh, and we have to take personal care of each one of these Holocaust survivors. So in Ukraine right now, there is a, there are very little rations around. You have to actually take care of your own rations, of your own fuel uh, to drive from place to place, your own food. Opposed to last time, this time, this operation, I want to do things a bit differently. I'd actually love for uh, the ICJ leadership to come to Ukraine and be with us on the ground and see these refugees in person. I believe that if the ICJ leadership makes it to um, Ukraine, that they will uh, have a, a different experience, a different insight into the whole situation. And it would be a wonderful um, story um, to tell that the Jews, that the Christians actually came to help extract the Jews and the Holocaust survivors. We also, um, we also work towards expanding our house in the Haifa home, our capacity of taking in um, new people, new Holocaust survivors. I want to bring in as many Holocaust survivors as possible. We actually, we actually gave out rations to some of the Holocaust survivors that we helped extract from Ukraine. Well, Shimon, thank you so much about this amazing report. And, you know, to think about it, that here is a, a Christian organization partnering with a Jewish organization in order to work in Ukraine uh, to help refugees, Jewish refugees, to come back to Israel. I believe in many ways this is a sign of prophecy being fulfilled in, in front of our days and in front of our eyes. And Shimon, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us. 
Uh, we will also have a report from Nicole in just a mo mo moment. Uh, Shimon Tudarabash, Kaxman, Lioditano, Vernachno, Litpalelim, Bishwilcha, Sman be Ukraina, Vernachno, Rutzim, Leberker, Utra, Gamsham be Beldwolf, Lirotma at our Sisham. Tudaraba. I just told uh, Shimon that we are praying for him. We are uh, standing with him as he goes back to Ukraine and God willing, uh, a team of us, uh, I believe David Parsons, myself, maybe some of our branch leaders will go down and be for one or two days with him in Ukraine, see what is going on on the ground. And I want you to understand as you are watching this program, what you just heard, that's something which is absolutely unusual in Ukraine today. I was talking uh, a few weeks ago with uh, a leader of an organization and they called us and they said, well, they have, um, uh, they heard about an orphanage in Mariupol, Jewish orphans, and they want to come out. The city is under siege. There is no way how to get them out. And we said, well, wait a second, maybe there is a way. And uh, we called Shimon and says, we heard there is a, a Jewish orphanage in Mariupol, it's under fire. Uh, is there a way? Do you have people there? And he says, let me make a few phone calls. And he called me a few minutes later and says, Jürgen, I think we can get them out. I believe we can rescue those people. And uh, just today I, I saw the documents. Uh, the leaders of those groups, they all arrived in Israel and the re leaders of that group, they already have their Israeli passports in the hand and they are already integrated here in Israel. So it's really an amazing miracle story. And uh, Nicola, I think, you know, this is, I believe, an absolutely comprehensive work that the Lord allows us to do here. We are literally in Ukraine. We are working with the Jewish agency to bring them here in the land and we also here on the ground to absorb them. I think there is not much more that you can do. Tell us a little bit what's going on here. Okay, thanks Jürgen. It's lovely to be here and just give a little update. I think uh, uh, to just give you a, a bit of the scope of what's going on, uh, just uh, because some people like to know the numbers, of the, the calls to the hotline that have uh, has been set up to help people with making Aliyah. We have nearly 30,000 people who have called asking for help. And our own hotline in Haifa has been a backup for this hotline. If there's too many calls coming in, we have people in Haifa who are helping out to, uh, to take the calls so nobody's left waiting or wondering if they uh, were responded to. And then... Uh, and Nicola, the <laughs> when I was in uh, in Haifa just a few days ago, while I was talking to him, there was actually an emergency coming in from Ukraine, and they sorted everything out for him. So it's a it's a very effective hotline. Absolutely, it's very exciting that we even you know were asked to be a part of this because it was very overwhelming. There weren't enough people to answer those calls, and we just happened to, together with Yadezel Chaver and our friend Shimon Sabag to set up a call line for Holocaust survivors in Israel to help them with their basic needs. And then came the crisis of the Ukraine. And we said, we have this hotline set up, we can take the extra overflow of calls that you're not able to get to. And so this has been a very, very uh, important part of, of us assisting in this whole uh, evacuation effort. Just uh, of those 29,000 or 708 to be precise, <laughs> about just over 9,000 uh, 9,000 people have made applications to make Aliyah. Of those who have applied to make Aliyah to come to Israel, 7,474 new immigrants have arrived in Israel already. 
I like to say the specific number because the Lord says he's not going to forget even one of them. And we hear this from the prophet Ezekiel, where he says, you know, no matter where you are and how far you go, every single one of you, I see where you are. And so we remember every single one. And 374 buses rescued 11,356 people. And of those immigrants arriving just yesterday and today, there are 720 Ukrainian immigrants arriving. And the exciting thing for us is that literally, as soon as I finish this call, we're gonna be uh, heading over to the airport to welcome an ICEJ-sponsored flight of immigrants. And I'm really excited to meet these immigrants that are arriving today. Um, it's very, very exciting and a huge privilege because of the generosity of our friends around the world that we've been able to do this. And Jurgen, as you pointed out, we're also working here on the ground. And so, as you can imagine, as these people are arriving, they're going into hostels, they're going into hotels. There's far too many thousands of people coming that, that can't go directly into like some sort of a, an absorption center. And so municipalities around the country are being asked to take in these immigrants to help them in their first month or two. And of course, when you're landed with, uh, you know, 800 or 1,000 families that you suddenly need to try and help, you know, with all kinds of basic items, most people are coming with nothing. You need help with just the basics. And so we said, well, we can do the basics. And so putting together packages of sheets and towels and duvet covers and toiletries and, and maybe blankets and pillows, uh, depends on the, the group that we're giving to and what the needs are. We, we shift what's in the package, but we're going and we are delivering these items to different people. Um, in addition, we got a request for toys for children. And just this, uh, just a few days ago, this week, we gave out uh, packages to children. These were also orphans that came from the Ukraine. Um, I wasn't at that specific uh, distribution. Others of our team were there. Um, but I, one of the things that really touched my heart is they said there was a little girl there who had a little stroller and she was strolling it around with like a, a stick and a stone and uh, just like a piece of wood or something. And they have a picture of her. And she was happy and, you know, with the little that she had to, to make something out of it and to play with it. But when they were able to give her her own doll, you should have seen, they showed us pictures, you should have seen the smile on this little girl's face. And it was just really emotional and really, really special to be able to give something to them, to let them know that, you know, that they're seen, each and every single one of them, that there are people around the world who are thinking of them and who are uh, providing these basic things. So we're giving packages to children, some families that are coming, some of the municipalities have asked for help with food items. And so some packages are gonna have food items in it. And we'll just adjust uh, those packages based on the needs that we come across. When they start getting into homes, there may be household items other than the ones we've already given that might be needed. And then we'll get organized and we'll shift to meet that need. Basically, we're here to uh, do what we can all through the process, helping with the flights, helping with the evacuations, and helping them once they've landed here. And it's really, really exciting. Yeah, and, and you know what's really amazing to see, like you said, to see the impact of that, that help and uh, what you need to understand, everybody on this call, that uh, when the ICJ is out there on the ground helping, 
be it with the Jewish agency, be it uh, on those different projects that Nicole is leading here in the land. We always make sure that people understand this is Christians from around the world. They care about you. They love you. They stand with you. They want to make sure that you have the best welcome, the best possible welcome here in the land of Israel. And um, I must say, Nicole, you know, Shimon, it's quite a person. You have been working with him for 13 years now. Uh, and I, th I don't think there's even in Israel many people like him who really are pioneers and visionaries like him. He's really an amazing man, an amazing partner. When he sees something that needs to get done and he gets inspired to do it, he's a real mover and a shaker for sure. And uh, in this case especially, he's really gone where most other people haven't chosen or been felt able to go. And uh, so it's a real pleasure to be partnering with him in this. Yeah, and, and what you shared about the Ukraine, you know, that people speak about those crazy Israelis that are coming and are helping and re taking refugees out into Poland. Uh, the same thing is happening here in the land. The, the little clips that you just saw, and maybe Kalera, if we can see maybe one or two more of those clips, uh, you see them actually in the Israeli news. And many times there they say, this is Shimon Shabak who is doing together with the International Christian Embassy. They are helping Jewish refugees coming out of the Ukraine. So it's also a very powerful testimony here in the land that people see in the evening news and it's an underlining to them that uh, the Christian embassy and Christians around the world are standing at their side. Um, I think the, the very first flight, Nicole, that came over to Israel was actually a flight of orf orphans. And that's so amazing that for them in a way, they find a, a new home and they find a new family coming here to Israel. You know, absolutely. Um, I think I spoke about this in a previous webinar, how you know, family is so important in, in Israel, in the Jewish custom and tradition, and these orphans arrived, and none other than the Prime Minister of Israel took the time out of his extremely busy schedule, shuffling between Russia and, and negotiations, peace negotiations, and Germany and Israel. He took the time to go and welcome these orphans personally. And just yesterday, I was in the north in a, uh, an absorption center, and I met um, young Russian, sorry, not Russian, young uh, Ukrainian immigrants who, um, you know, we were giving package to them and, and speaking with them. And they said, you know, there's probably no other place in the world that we could have gone, that we would feel the sense of family that we feel when we landed here. That when people welcomed us at the airport, they welcomed us with welcome home. And, you know, maybe some of them have never even been here before but they knew that they were coming home because they're among their people and it's a really beautiful thing and one last thing i wanted to comment jürgen on what you said before about how we make sure that they know that christians are supporting them we um, designed a beautiful card with our own graphic department that has the ukrainian and the israeli flag and a beautiful sunrise picture from here in israel because we wanted to you know uh, express hope and a bright future for them. And we put a blessing inside the card that, you know, just expresses how we're sorry for the great uh, tragedy and, and suffering that's been so unjustly uh, put upon them, but that we're happy that they're here. We welcome them here and we wish them a good future. And we hope that this gift that's coming from Christians, Christians around the world will be a blessing and an encouragement to them and that they should have a good future here. And so each one is getting this card with whatever gift package we're giving out. And so we make sure that even if we say it to them, they actually have something in their hands that they can walk away with and, and remember. 
Yeah, the passage that you just quoted from Jeremiah chapter 1, this is, I believe you really see the fulfillment, even looking at this picture uh, that you see of those young, I think that's the girl with the doll that you that you were speaking about. That's the little girl. And, uh, who could replace that from a stick and, and stone. <laughs> but uh, if you just look at this picture and then hear what the Jeremiah said in chapter 31, he says, there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. And that's a prophetic word for the Ukrainian Jewish people where it says, you and your children, you shall, you shall come back to your own country. And uh, looking at those pictures, you actually are watching right now those ancient prophecy being fulfilled right now in this time. And people say there is no hope in Ukraine. And uh, together with Shimon and the Jewish Agency and many other partner organizations, we are able to bring that hope to, hope to them and to help them to return back to the land of the fathers. Now, a very important point in this webinar is, of course, we want to inform you, but also it's a, a really an appeal and a, a plea for help. It's not help for the Christian embassy, but it's really help to assist and to do more with those um, refugees that you are coming. You see here a little boy with the car that we are giving to them, and you see it was part of the Ynet uh, news. But uh, what, what are the current needs? And tell us, you know, I think there was also a dramatic price change, you know, taking people to the airport over to Poland. This was maybe a few hundred dollars uh, uh, still a few weeks ago. But now when the war starts, we are talking about thousands of dollars for a bus, right? Well, yeah, the, the, the costs for the buses are shifting all the time. If you want people to go into really dangerous areas, they're not going to do it for the same price that they would have done it in peacetime. And so there's the costs are, are going up. If you want to look at the full cost, uh, and you know what, it's shifting even as I'm speaking. So this may not be uh, tomorrow the exact uh, same, but it, it's several thousand dollars actually, uh, two to three thousand dollars. But um, we're um, basically asking our friends to just do whatever they can or to even just uh, consider helping one uh, with one part of the journey even a thousand dollar gift is a suggested donation to help one immigrant or if you want to be someone who helps with one of those packages a hundred dollars for toys a 350 dollar gift package you know anything that you can do um, to any part of it um, is just a huge huge blessing and you can be a part of it and join with us yeah, and I think it's also, you know, amazing to think that um, even our little contri uh, contribution, $50, whatever we, we can contribute, it really brings a smile on those children that we saw right now on their face. It it makes them feel, even though it might not be a life-changing gift, but they feel somebody's thinking about them, somebody's praying about them, and that they see they are not alone. And that's what uh, you also said, you know, when they come here, they really feel they are welcomed by as a family. So I do ask everybody, there should be a link somewhere how you can connect with us, where you can uh, support the work that we, that, you are, that we are doing. And as Nicole said, every support that you can give, every hand that you can give us in this project really helps. I have to say thank you to all of you. I think there are many people on this call which actually already are supporting us. And uh, we had just on Monday morning, we had a leadership meeting and we are really overwhelmed with thankfulness about the generosity that we feel right now from people around the world. But as you can see, as, as quickly as the 
money come, comes in, it's going out of our accounts either to the Ukraine or to the Jewish agency or to buy uh, toys or food packages. Uh, I wish you could be in our chapel today. Uh, almost every day there are teams there packing packages, packing toy uh, sets for the for the kids and all that. So our whole staff is involved with that. And we are just asking you to stand with us in this very critical time. Is there still something you want to share, Nicole? Well, I always uh, just like to say thank you uh, because I feel like, you know, we're busy here doing a lot of things, but it's as if you were here with us, standing with us, because we wouldn't be able to do any of them if it weren't for your generous giving and also for your prayers. And so we just, I really, really want to say thank you for that. And I also want to note that it isn't just the immigrants coming from the Ukraine now because of the uncertainty in Europe, because of the surrounding countries being concerned, there are many other people also saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should think about making Aliyah. And so there, there could be a wave and there already is a bit of a, you know, you see some swell in the Aliyah numbers just from the surrounding countries because they're concerned, they don't know what could happen next. Mm -hmm. And so keep this in your prayers. Um, and yes, if you uh, have, if God's put it in your heart to partner with this, that's amazing. And I just want to say a huge thank you for that too. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what Nicole said is so true that uh, while we are talking actually about this crisis and about refugees and uh, Aliyah waves coming from Europe, in particular Ukraine, uh, there was you can be stay tuned to uh, another complete different wave of Aliyah that will be starting in a few weeks from now. The government already decided to open the gates for the Ethiopians to come in. Um, I know while we are talking about Ukraine, Nicole and her team, they're already working to get them over. So there's a lot of things going on in parallel and we try our best to stay on top of all of that. And we can do so because people like you from all around the world are standing with us. So I want to thank you for being with us, for listening to this report. I believe that you were as inspired as I was to hear Shimon and the really holy work that he's doing there, Christians and Jews together, bringing those Jewish refugees out of the Ukraine. And I wish you God's blessing. And I hope to see you next week in some of our meetings. I believe actually this Friday, tomorrow we start the Rosh Chodesh prayer. So everybody who wants to join our Rosh Chodesh prayer, there is a possibility also to join there. And uh, it's uh, uh, definitely also the prayer for Ukraine will be a part of that prayer meeting. And it's a prayer chain that goes on, I believe, Nicole. It's uh, the longest uh, prayer that we have so far, almost 200 hours that goes, wow. I believe, one week and two days or something like that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's amazing. So God bless you all. Thanks for staying with us today. Thank you also, Jonathan, for the excellent translation from Hebrew into English and for all the translators who are translating. I see we had today again Chinese, uh, French, Portuguese, Spanish, uh, Thai, and of course Hebrew. So, Todaraba for everybody and uh, God bless you. Shalom from Jerusalem. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has set off the largest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. The intense fighting has already forced nearly 3 million people to flee the country. Amid this immense tragedy, 
The Christian Embassy is working with Israel and the Jewish Agency to bring out thousands of endangered Ukrainian Jews and bring them safely back to Israel. We are especially concerned for Holocaust survivors in Ukraine, who have already seen enough horrors and wars in their lives. Right now, the ICJ is working with an Israeli partner on the ground in Ukraine to locate and extract Holocaust survivors and then bring them safely home to Israel. We have a list of 75 Holocaust survivors scattered around the country. One by one, they are being picked up in vans and brought to safer areas. Many must decide if family members will also come. Within a few days, we hope to have them safely in Israel. The survivors are very grateful for our help. And Israeli officials also appreciate the special effort to rescue Holocaust survivors from the war in Ukraine. I want to thank all of our friends from the Christian Embassy for your support, for your prayers, for your donations, helping us bringing more Jews from Ukraine to Israel. It is a blessing. God bless you. Please join us in rescuing Holocaust survivors and other Jews from the clutches of this brutal war in Ukraine. The need to help them reach Israel has never been greater. Donate today at give.icj.org forward slash Ukrainian Aliyah. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next Thursday at 4 p.m. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on our social media pages for more exclusive ICJ content.